Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and it's the beginning of December. We are looking at a new verse this month, and I really hope that as you memorize and meditate on this verse this month, it would really guide you in the process of just reflecting on who Jesus is and the beauty of who he is and what he has done for us, and that it would compel you to share that good news with others throughout the month, because this is a time of year when we get to do that so oftentimes. We get to talk about Jesus. We get to invite people to our Christmas Eve services. Uh, We get to invite people into our homes to have Christmas dinner with us. So I would just encourage you as you're memorizing and meditating on this verse this month that you would just allow it to sort of seep into your um, worship and your joy in Him all month long. So without further ado, our verse this month is from Isaiah 60 verse one. It says this, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Okay. So this verse is in this beautiful context and it really illustrates for us our need for Jesus, for his light to come into our lives and for the glory of the Lord to rise on us and that we would be then compelled to share that light with other people, that we would arise and shine. But in order for us to really understand this verse better, we need to go back into the book of Isaiah and talk just a little bit about what that means. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the book of Isaiah. I'm going to read you some passages from this context, and we're going to really explore this verse in its context. And, and hopefully that will help bring it to life for you and understand it on an even deeper level so that as you're memorizing it and meditating on it, you'll be doing so in such a way that is just rich and beautiful. And that is the intent of the teaching podcast. So here we are, we're doing it, we're going to dive in. Um, So this verse, Isaiah 61, is a prophecy. A prophecy is just God making a promise, a future promise of something that is going to happen. So this prophecy from Isaiah is like about 500 years or so before the time of Jesus. So 500 years before the time of Jesus, God is making this promise that our light will come. In fact, it even uses the past tense. Oftentimes in scripture, prophecy is uh, put into the past tense to say, like, even though this is 500 years away, this has already happened. This is as good as done. It's already happened. So, arise and shine, your light has come is in the past tense, even though it's 500 years before that's going to happen. Uh, as, as readers now, we're like, oh, yeah, our, our light has come. But as readers then, the people of God would have been like, yes, this is coming. Um, and so here's the context for us. It's the people of God have just come out of exile. They were in Babylon for 70 years. This was God's discipline 
for their idolatry and for not following after him and for not loving him and worshiping him. And so they are exiled as discipline. This is God's discipline in their lives. So now that they come back, the city of Jerusalem, which is is actually who this verse is, is addressed to, Zion, the city of Zion or Jerusalem, it's in shambles. And God's people, the people of Zion, are also in shambles. But now they've learned their lesson, right? No more sinning, no more idolatry. They've got it all together. Well, (laughs) for any of you who are parents or any of you that are humans, frankly, you know that they're going to mess it up. Like we can send our kids to timeout. And this was a very, very long timeout. You know, 70 years is a long, long time. And still they come back and they're in the same place that they were before. They are still sinning. In fact, if we look back on Isaiah 59, it gives us so much help in understanding our verse. So Isaiah 59 gives this indictment of the people. It says this in verse one, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For, and he's going to list out all these things, for your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken falsely, your tongue mutters wicked things. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. And on and on and on. And so the people hear this and they respond. They say in verse nine, so justice is far from us and righteousness doesn't reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in deep shadows. Like the blind, we grope along the wall, feeling our way like people without eyes, for our offenses are many in your sight and our sins testify against us. Our offenses are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquities, rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God, inciting revolt and oppression, uttering lies our hearts have conceived. They recognize their sin. They confess their sin, and they, they say, we're, we're, we're lost. We are like blind people groping along the wall. We don't know where we're going. We we don't know how to make this any better. We are helpless and hopeless. We are caught in the darkness of our own sin. And 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 the sin they have is they're willing to confess it and yet they recognize they can do nothing about it. So in verse 15 the Lord responds. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. The Lord looks and he is appalled that there is no one to intervene for them. There is no one who is just or righteous. So he goes on in verse 20 and he makes this promise. The Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. As for me, 
This is my covenant or my promise with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you will not depart from you, and my words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children, on the lips of their descendants from this time forth and forever, says the Lord. These are people who have been caught in their sin, not following God, not worshiping God, spent, you know, 70 years in exile, coming back to a city in ruins, life in ruins, and they see their sin and they're caught in it and they confess in their desperation, Lord, we are hopeless. And what does the Lord do with these rebellious, sinful people who didn't learn their lesson after 70 years? He makes a promise. He promises that he's going to do what they can't do, that his own arm will achieve their salvation. He promises a redeemer who will come to Zion, to the people of Jerusalem, and to save any who would repent of their sins. So that's the context of our verse. We have people who are broken, who are hurting, who are caught in darkness and sin, and they are groping for a way out and desperately calling out to God. And God looking on their situation and says, I'm appalled. There's no one. So he promises a redeemer will come. Then we get our verse. We get this promise that the light of the Lord is going to rise upon the city of Zion and the people of Zion. And so Isaiah 61, this is our memory verse, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Again, notice that past tense, your light has come. Their light isn't going to come for 500 years. The people who receive this promise will never actually see it. But this is their hope that the Lord has promised them a redeemer, and it is as good as done. And their faith, their hope in that redeemer, their future faith in him, we know in the, in the New Testament is what how God redeems them, how he, he uh, counts their faith as righteousness, that they have faith that this is what God is going to do. He is going to provide. His own arm is going to save them. So for us now, when we think about this, when we think about they are called to arise and shine because their light has come. And we know 500 years later that Jesus is that light. That Jesus is the one who comes into the darkness of the world and the darkness of our hearts and brings light and life. I love how John says in John 1, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He goes on to say in verse 9, talking about Jesus, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And then in verse 12, he goes on to say, to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus is the Redeemer. Jesus is the one who has come. That promise that your light has come, well, that's Jesus. He already came. He came to give life and to welcome in all who would receive him 
and believe in his name. He would give them the right to become children of God. And that promise is good right now. That promise that when we believe in that light, when we step out of our darkness and into the light, when we allow him into our hearts, that he will illuminate us. He will purify us. He will bring us into his family. So that reminds me of our verse. Here we have this knowledge, this, this understanding that they couldn't have even begun to understand in that in Isaiah. Like the, the people of God, they trusted in this thing. And we see this in the disciples when Jesus comes, that there's they're just so mind-boggled by the fact that that Jesus is who he is and that he has come and that and that he came to give his life as a ransom for everyone who would believe in him. So we though have this knowledge, this understanding. And so when we read this this verse, when we read it today, we know what we're called to do because the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. We are therefore called to arise and shine, or like the kids song says, arise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Um, so let's read it in with the next couple of verses so you can really see that the picture image that Isaiah is giving us of the contrast between the light and the darkness and the necessity of us rising and shining and shining that darkness or shining into that darkness, the light of Jesus. So we have in verse one, two, and three, it says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So people everywhere, nations and kings are drawn out of the darkness and into the light. They are drawn out of their situations and their sin and the, the the darkness of the world into the light, which is Jesus. So we, therefore, are to be light-shining people, sharing this glory and goodness of God with everyone that we come into contact with. Um, so, so we see that the promised Redeemer has come, right? And the light has dawned on all of human history, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. But if we keep reading we see this dawn break into full-on daylight. So I want you to hear me read the end of Isaiah 60, because if you keep reading in Isaiah 60, you're like, some of this stuff is getting kind of crazy. Like, that didn't happen when Jesus came. Like, the promises, they're maybe not fully fulfilled. And it's not. It's partially fulfilled. It's fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus, the dawn. But but when we read on at the end of Isaiah 60, we find out that this dawn is going to break into full-on day. The Lord is coming again to stay, and there will be no more sin and no more darkness and no more shame, only glory and light and life and goodness. Our Redeemer who has come will come again. And so let me read the end of Isaiah 60 for you. Starting in verse 18, no longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation, not walls that you grope about in the darkness trying to find without eyes, but walls of salvation and your gates you will call praise. 
The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Do you see that? That is the light of noonday. No more need for the sun. So in verse 20, it says, your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. Then all your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. They are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands, for the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand, and the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. That is just so good. And I just want you, as you continue to memorize and meditate on this verse this month, to know that, yes, the light has come, but the light is going to be full-on noonday light. We will no longer have any more tears in our eyes or sin in our hearts. We will be with the Lord and we will dwell with him forever. And that is the beautiful promise of Isaiah, not just the promise of the first coming, but the promise of the second coming. This is what we know. And this is our hope. This is our delight. So therefore, this is my call for you um, for this month, that you would take this as a challenge. This verse is God's call to you to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So go out, people, invite people in and allow the light of Jesus just to shine in your hearts and in your words as you embrace people, as you invite them to understand who Jesus is this month. It's such a beautiful time for us as believers. It's a time when people are open to hearing about the birth of Christ and not just his birth, but that he is making all things right, that he has made all things right, and he will continue to do so until he comes again and everything is new. So that is the promise of our verse. And I just, I love that we are memorizing it this month. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi everyone, this is April from The Dwell Team, and I wanna let you know about something really special. You have an opportunity to purchase a product that makes an impact on your own life and the life of the one who made it. We've partnered with Starfish Project to bring you two beautiful new necklaces this season, perfect for layering. Starfish Project helps trafficked and exploited women and girls experience freedom, establish independence, and develop careers. The Everlasting Love Paperclip Necklace is a beautiful reminder that God's love never fails. He is always drawing us to himself. The Anxiety No More Necklace is a reminder that we can cast our anxiety on the Lord because he cares not only for us, but the women and girls who made these necklaces. These necklaces are bundled at a discount at dwelldifferently.com.